Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Scalfani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast. Dr. Michael here, joined by Jen Rudolph, who's the owner of Sarasota Fitness Coaching, and she's been kind enough to share some of her time and some of her background with us here on this episode. So thanks, Jen, for coming aboard our episode and talking a little bit more about your own fitness journey. So let's start there. Tell us, give us the origin story for, for Jen. Sure. First of all, thank you for having me here. Um, so... As growing up as a kid, I played sports. Primarily, I would say soccer was my thing um, until high school. And if you knew me in high school, you probably wouldn't guess that I would be in this profession where I am now. I kind of went down some bad paths, hung out with some bad, bad crowds. And, you know, I was prioritizing partying and other things over my (laughs) fitness at that time. So I kind of did that Um, in my 20s. I started feeling like I didn't want to feel like that anymore. I wanted to feel athletic again. Uh, I got myself back into the gym, just got into some basic strength training routines. Um, By 2006, I was inspired that I wanted to help other people along their journey, too. So I became a certified personal trainer in 2006. Where are you originally from? Where did all this go down? This was in New Hampshire. Okay. What part of New Hampshire? Um, I grew up in Nashua. Okay. And then I later on, I moved to the seacoast. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. So I worked as a personal trainer from about 2006, and then I had my first two babies 14 months apart. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of, you know, threw a wedge in things. And I stayed home with them for quite a few years after that. I didn't join back into the fitness world until about 2010. And in that time, I was working on my own personal transformation. I started doing P90X. That was my thing. I got oh, up at yes. <laughs> 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yes. We all remember P90X, oh, yeah. right? With the DVDs, too, yep. that you had. And it was just, that was like when plyometrics really came aboard the scene outside of like the Olympic world, right? Yeah, that was like, probably the first time I did it. Yes. Yeah. And so many people were just jumping around, burping around their own living yep. room with what there were those black and silver DVDs and there's yep. a whole collection of them. Yep. I did the PNDX and then I did Insanity. So oh, yes, yes. <laughs> so I would wake up before I am before the kids would wake up and I go down and do my whole workout. Um, and I've always had the mindset that if I'm going to follow something, I want to follow it to a T. I would like watch those infomercials and I'd be like, can you really get that ripped doing this program? <laughs> Dude, did you ever buy that weightlift, the, the belt that had the electrodes on it to try oh, to get gosh, the super Oh no, I didn't do that. Okay, good. So I wanted to see how far the limit was. For yes. Okay. So I did, I followed the program to a T. Um, I, that's when I first learned about nutrition and how I had to like portion my meals and things like that. That's when I first got into it. I have to say, I did get awesome results from that. <laughs> um, so I did do really well with those first 90 days and then... And I started getting back into the gym and, you know, doing more strength routines at that time. By 2012, I was itching to uh, be a competitive bodybuilder. Very cool. Um, So I had two young kids at home and I took it on. I started training with a coach and I did my first show in 2012 in fitness or figure. Okay. And I did pretty good, I guess, for my first show. Yeah, good for (laughs) Um, you. And then I continued on 2013 into 2014. So Still in figure as well. I competed in figure, yep. Um, along with that came some bad food relationships. Oh, and, yeah. you know, I, I I went through that whole, like, binge eating and restricting my calories and everything to, you know, to restrict my calories during the week. Then I'd binge eat on the weekends and back and forth. 
Um, so during that time, I kind of felt like I used the competition as like my crutch to keep me on track. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I gained 20 pounds. I guess I should sign up and do another show. And lose it in like And lose it weeks, again because right? I know I can do it once I get my mind to it. Um, so I, I did. I continued that cycle. So I would say I started competing for the right reasons. I continued competing for the wrong reasons because I was kind of like in that bad restrictive cycle. Um, like I said, developed a really bad relationship with food during that time. So I eventually got away from the bo- the uh, bodybuilding in 2014 was my last time getting on stage. Okay. And I went into the powerlifting world. <laughs> That's so now it's has nothing to do with what you look like now. Right? Exactly. Now it has everything to do with how much raw weight you can pick up off the floor and move. Yes. And so now that transition must have been crazy because here you are, you know, during contest prep your strength naturally just takes a huge dive, right? right? And you can barely lift an iPod, you know, at the end of contest prep. Right. Then now you transition from physique competitive uh, sport yeah. to now what your body can actually do exactly. with powerlifting. What was that like and for, for you mentally and nutrition-wise and physically? So I think that was definitely what I needed to do. Um, I had really worked hard on getting my mindset right around food and, you know, performance over, like, what I looked like. I just kind of accepted it. And if I gained 20 <laughs> pounds, it was, oh, that's okay. You know, it's going to help me with my performance, going to help me lift more weights. Um, so I started training with my husband and... I went to one of his powerlifting meets and I was just totally inspired that I needed to do this too. Cause nobody cared what you looked like. They cared what you lifted and right. you know, how you performed. So I knew I could do that. Cause I have a strong, like I'm, you know, strong mindset when I'm going to do something, I do it. So I transitioned into that fairly easily. I would say, really? um, Good. you know, it was a, definitely a nice break. I wasn't worried about dieting. I was eating when I was hungry. I got to start eating more intuitively and I think that really helped me overcome all those, you know, issues with food is I just allowed myself to just eat when I was hungry and not eat when I didn't want to eat. And if I was craving something, I would have it rather than saying, oh, I need to wait till the weekend. And then that turned into a trigger and, you know, a binge for the whole weekend. How did that feel guilt wise? So now, you know, a lot of people that come out of physique Uh, competitions when they give that part of their athletic career up and no longer compete on stage they oftentimes talk about this guilt factor about eating intuitively and now all of a sudden they give not give in but they allow themselves to indulge to a certain degree on some type of craving like you mentioned and then initially there seems to be this almost like reluctance to give into that binge because it was or to give into that craving because for so long they were so restricted what was that like for you did you have any of that at all yes i did um because you do you would feel guilty and then i feel like oh my gosh i i suck like i can't i can't focus on my diet i'm just like letting myself go and a lot of it had to do with looks because obviously getting on stage you looked great right (laughs) you know i was ripped and lean and had a six-pack and everything and then once i started eating more intuitively and making that switch i was definitely carrying more weight around Mm -hmm. um i probably gained 20 or 30 pounds i'd say i don't remember exactly but i definitely felt like not as wonderful but i really i really had to prioritize like my mindset around that and not let that bring me down and you know bring me back to a bad place did you do well with contest prep during physique competitions? i did, did i you? did and that's the thing is when i'm an all-or-nothing person so if i say i'm gonna do it i'm 100 gonna do it okay you know i will follow my macros to a t i will prep all my food i will do all the cardio i will do all the things and that's just how i operate um luckily the same goes with anything in life that i do i'm pretty much <laughs> the same way um So when I got into powerlifting, it was the same way too. Like I needed to stick with my training and then 
when I switched to powerlifting, I looked at my food more as fuel mm. because I couldn't lift weights if I wasn't eating enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, as soon as I started making that switch in my mind, like this is fuel, I need this to get through my training sessions. It, it got a little bit easier mm-hmm. and you know, that switch was easier to make. Um, I like kind of let go of all those restrictions didn't really care so much about what I looked like. Right. Um, and then I did my first full meet in 2015. So a okay. year later. And then I got pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> Had another baby. Okay. Um, but I worked out through that entire pregnancy, which I didn't do with the first two. So okay. that was something different. And I felt amazing doing that. I still ended up developing um, gestational diabetes did you? with that pregnancy. So okay. exercise was actually important and I needed to do it at that point. Yeah. Um, and I needed to focus on my nutrition. So I gained a fair amount of weight with him. And then, but like, since I trained throughout that pregnancy, once I delivered him and, you know, I was like six weeks postpartum or whatever, we owned the gym at that point. So I was actually back in the gym and I continued working out and I probably dove into things too fast now that I look back on it. <laughs> Um, but I competed in my next powerlifting meet when he was just nine months old, which is crazy. Yes. I mean, to, to power, not even just like going back to the gym and just lifting, but really going for those one rep maxes yes. at like 12 months or nine yes. months. I would not advise my current clients to do that. Yeah. Um, but I just had that driven mindset and I wanted to get back to where I was before I got pregnant. Yeah. Um, so I was nine months postpartum with him. I was still breastfeeding. I was still up all night. <laughs> So, so you're was, cracking ammonia sticks and breastfeeding. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. That's wild. Yep, I had to bring the baby, had to have the babysitter bring him in halfway through the meet so I could nurse. And, wow. That's yep. insane. That's <laughs> absolutely insane. So, yeah, and that meet went okay. Um, okay. I did, I PR'd my lifts on that more so than I did the first meet I did, so that was good. It was like mama bear strength. That's yeah. what really pulled you through there. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. So, yeah, I continued powerlifting, and um, then I got pregnant with twins. Because <laughs> <laughs> you have a total of how many children? I have five altogether. Ooh, that's a whole basketball team. And that's Jen. a whole team, that yeah. That's a whole team. For sure. <laughs> that's great, great. So when you got pregnant with the twins, uh, were you, you were still in uh, New Hampshire as well, I was still right? in New Hampshire. Yep. Um, okay. And I was still training. I still competed. I, well, I didn't compete in powerlifting while I was pregnant, but right after. Yeah. Um, I still trained throughout my pregnancy with the twins. Um, and at, I think that helped me stay sane during the pregnancy and stay mobile yeah. and stay strong, which was good. Sure. Um, and it was kind of like my time to focus on me because I had all, you know, four other kids at home or three other kids at home at the time. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's a yes. lot of giving. You it know, is. that's a lot of, you know, Kids, kids are a lot of work, so you were able to find that nice balance. Yep. Tell us a little bit about the gym that you owned, because you and your husband owned a pretty sweet gym back in we New did. Hampshire. We did, yes. We owned a gym called Iron Empire back in New Hampshire, so we focused a lot um, on the powerlifting side of things, powerlifting, bodybuilding. We also did six-week challenges, so we, we catered to the entire um, demographics. Perfect. Kind of to everybody. Uh, we hosted a lot of really cool events. We had um, Ed Cohn there, the goat of powerlifting. No way. Yeah. So he w- actually did one of our last events that we hosted before we closed the gym. Really? So he came in, did a whole seminar on powerlifting, which was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we also had Donnie Thompson come in quite a few times, actually. He came about two or three times. My husband's actually good friends with Donnie Thompson. No way. Yeah. That's awesome. So That's he, really cool. um, you know, he set some big records at an older age in yeah. powerlifting. So he's a big... He's a big name too. Very cool. That's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So then you had this gym for how long? Iron so, Empire. Yes, yeah, so we owned the gym for five years. Okay. Um, basically from 2015 to 2020, and we we were able to get out of that right before this COVID <laughs> thing happened. Uh, right before the pandemic, we closed our doors. 
So perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's crazy because you didn't even close the gym because of the pandemic. We didn't. Just, no. Why did you close the gym? Just Both. timing. Our lease yeah. was up and we weren't really sure if we wanted to continue in that spot. Mm -hmm. There were some issues with the building manager, like, you know, saying he was going to sell the building. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we kind of just took our chips and ran. We wanted to get out and just make sure that we weren't, you know, getting ourselves strapped into a lease that we didn't want to be into. Sure. Um, so we were able to sell off our equipment and everything. We closed our doors about two weeks before the governor shut down all the gyms <laughs> before crazy. COVID. Like what great timing. Yes. So then what was your contingency plan? So you so, close Iron Empire and yep. then, then what? What were you guys going to do? So, well, then COVID hit. So whatever we had planned, I don't even remember. Okay, perfect, perfect. Because <laughs> that ended up being a blur. And I ended up homeschooling the five kids for pretty much the remainder of that school year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I kind of got into the online space and did some online coaching with nutrition um, for another company. So I was coaching clients through another program that I didn't create, but I was coaching them through that for just about a year now. Um, so that was kind of what we did. And over that time, we ended up selling our house up in New Hampshire and we moved down here to Sarasota. Yeah. So we love it down here. Yeah. Cause you guys have been down here for what you said, almost about a year now, right? Uh, no, we actually just moved down at the beginning of December. Beginning of December, this yep. December. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So right before Christmas, we ended up coming down, um, staying down here until our house is built. And okay. it's been a transition of a year between selling our house and waiting for a house to be built and moving down. So things have been kind of all over the place. Feel like that real estate market. Props for you for doing that because oh, yeah. that is that's wild. I mean, we we bought our house over a year ago, and it was like right before the housing market just went mm -hmm. insane, and it was still stressful enough. I couldn't imagine doing it from a different state, and then oh, with sure. five kids and a significant oh, yeah. other. I mean, that's a lot. So. Timing, timing was everything. We came down to this area and looked at houses, and mm -hmm. everything was just getting wiped off the market like in a day. Yeah. So we're like, well, we're, we weren't quite ready to sell yet. We wanted to see what was happening down here. We decided building was going to be our best option. Sure. So once we got that situated, signed a contract for a lot down here, we went back up to New Hampshire and got our house ready to sell, and we sold our house, which was good. Perfect. Everything went pretty smoothly with that. And then uh, we stayed with family for a bit. <laughs> they were kind enough to take in our entire family, my dad. <laughs> we're now to see he must live here in Sarasota then, right? He is so moving now. down here. I got him to move. Okay. Yep. <laughs> okay. Man. So he's in New Hampshire. So he was kind enough to let our entire family stay for about seven months in this in-between. Okay. Um, and then we moved down here in December and we actually got just got him to get his house on the market and he sold it on Sunday. So wow. he's moving down at the beginning of April. Everybody's coming to Florida. Everyone's coming Everybody to Florida. Everybody seems to want to come to Florida. It's a place to be. It's beautiful here. It is great. It is great. <laughs> I know you said you like to hang out by the beach too, oh, down yeah. by Lido and St. Armand's and all that. So, yep. and it, it's fun. It's yep. fun down here. So tell us about how you started to, to found Sarasota fitness coaching then. Um, what, how did that whole idea come about and, and what was that transition like? So over the course of the past year, um, like I said, I was working for another company, but in the back of my mind, I kept thinking like, I really would love to be coaching my own program, um, doing things my own way. I feel like there are certain strategies out there that are good for individuals at certain times, but I don't feel like all the strategies are the good prescription for each client that walks in. Sure. Um, so I really wanted to take each client and prescribe them their own personalized plan, nutrition and fitness and include, you know, mindset pieces and educational because that's just as important too to make a transformation as eating well. Mm -hmm. So after like brainstorming and coming up with some ideas and everything, I decided to join a program which kind of was teaching me how to get my business started. Is it nutrition and fitness or tell us a little bit more about, about the services that you're going to provide? Yeah. So I'm going to do fitness and nutrition are the main components. 
Um, everybody will get a personalized nutrition program and a personalized fitness program that will work in sync with one another. Because mm-hmm. um, I believe in having both of those pieces working together mm-hmm. rather than just giving them nutrition and not knowing what they're doing for workouts. Because um, I really want to be able to make a transformation with each client. So both of those pieces are important. And also incorporating mindset. Um, I offer bi-weekly live trainings with them and calls. So every week I'm hearing back from them. They're going to be checking in with me. So mm-hmm. I have that accountability piece because I know a lot of people look for that. Yeah. You know, they start a program, but they can't stick with it. Um, so I'm all about making a program that is sustainable for people to stay with long term. Right. Um, making lifestyle habits and changes that they can stick with for the long run. Um, and the accountability piece of that is going to be checking in with me weekly. And then bi-weekly we get on a call together we get on a Zoom meeting and kind of go over everything, what the progress has been like, how they're feeling, you know, if they feel like they need to make any changes, how they're sleeping, you know, looking at those other metrics more so than the scale. Because mm-hmm. I don't really believe the scale tells the picture at all. So mm-hmm. I'm really focused on making sure that I can see what their stress levels are like, what their sleep is like, their recovery, right. um, making sure they're taking their rest days and things like that. Um, I'll also be asking for some video feedback of their lifts if they're if you know, I don't think that if they don't have a lot of experience mm-hmm. lifting weights, um, I might want to just see how they're performing each movement so I can give them feedback on, you know, better technique and things like that to see better results. So I definitely have a huge accountability piece. And That's then, good. you know, mindset coaching is just huge, too, in general, for people to be able to make that switch, because a lot of people come with fear that they're going to fail. They've tried, you know, all these diets out there. They've tried keto. They've tried low carb. They've tried mm-hmm. all these different programs and they weren't able to stick with anything. Yeah. So they, have, you know, they're, they're afraid to try something new because they're afraid of that failure. So just trying to overcome that and create like long sustainable results with them. That's really cool. So tell us a little bit about who your your target audience or your target clientele is. Can you dive a little bit into that? Sure. So I'm looking, I work mostly with women, um, busy women, because I can understand how a busy schedule can affect things um, right. as a mom of five. So I can definitely relate on that aspect and how to, you know, get meal prepped on when you don't have a lot of time, how to get your workouts in when you don't have a lot of time. Um, but really trying to focus on prioritizing yourself when you don't feel like you have enough time, because if you really take a big look at what your day looks like, yeah. I'm sure there's some time in there you could, you know, manage a 20 minute workout or take a walk or something. So mostly focusing on women, uh, working professionals, you know, moms mm-hmm. who are just struggling to find something that works and who have tried all those diets out there and haven't found anything that they can sustain. Um, you know, I see a lot of people who are coming to me saying, I keep losing and gaining these same 10 pounds. And, you know, yeah, the reason, coaster. exactly. The reason for that is just the, the, what they're doing is not sustainable. So they're trying some weight loss thing. They're cutting their calories way down. And of course, they're going to see weight loss, but you can't sustain that. And, you know, eventually your body's going to adapt to that. You're going to have metabolic adaption and your body's just going to learn how to run on very little calories. So I am also seeing a lot of clients, too, that are coming to me saying, you know, I've only been eating 11 or 1200 calories a day for like (laughs) a year. And I'm like, well, (laughs) that could be part of the problem. Right. So strategically you know, raising those calories back up, reversing them back up to get them to a maintenance level, giving them a diet break, you know, creating a stronger metabolism so that when they want to go into a fat loss phase, we're starting off with our calories a lot higher than, you know, 
coming to me and saying, oh, I'm already eating 1,200. I'm not going to cut them down to 800. Right, <laughs> Certainly right? not. So we kind of do the reverse effect, which takes time and takes patience. Reverse dieting, I'll tell you what, is the mentally is crazy because mm -hmm. you watch yourself start to basically bloat. I mean, you're basically filling in all the gaps that you've been trying so hard to restrictively cut down. Yep. And then all of a sudden now you're reverse dieting and trying to get that metabolism back up. And for sure, uh, especially, that mindset comes in. Oh my goodness. Yep. Especially for that demographic too. You know, I think there is a lot of that uh, fear is the wrong word. A lot of hesitation to, mm -hmm. to watch the scale go up and to watch some of the yep. places start to fill in a little bit more while you're hitting that reverse diet reset, right? And right. I think exactly. that's gonna be, that. that's a, I'm glad that you're working with the, that population because I feel like that may be the most vulnerable population that is oh, yeah. undergoing reverse dieting. For so. sure, and that just comes with like trust and yes. trusting me to take you through this process and trusting the process and the journey and being consistent. Sure. Um, you know, because a lot of times if they're working by themselves and they don't have that accountability piece, they'll start maybe increasing the calories and say, okay, I know I need to do this. And then, like you said, they see the scale go up or their pants start to get tight and they're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want this. So they start bringing it back down again. Right. And then they're back to square one. Mm -hmm. So um, I feel like that's where having a good coach comes in because, you know, we're holding you accountable and we're also doing it the right way. I'm not going to raise your calories by 500 calories like right off the bat. You know, right. we're going to make small adjustments throughout the days and the weeks and so your body is adapting as we're making these changes so that the, the fat gain can be minimal. It really can be. Mm -hmm. um, you might see some water retention and things like that. Your body is going to change. But if we do it the right way and not just like, here you go, you know, going to give you all this extra food, then the fat gain can be pretty minimal. And they just, you know, they can start to gain muscle and get that metabolism, you know, back to their, their maintenance level for calories and Right. And especially with your with your background and your personal history, you're so relatable to that. You know, you are you you are a mom, you are a working professional, you you are a woman, you have undergone physique competitions as well as non physique powerlifting competitions. So you kind of you've seen the whole spectrum and you kind of know what true health really is and know kind of the apprehension of transitioning between those different lifestyles right so right, for sure i think that's going to give you a lot of credibility for yeah. that audience which is going to for be sure great. and i think the thing that people see first off the bat which helps out too is the increase in energy mm -hmm. you know because if they're not eating enough or they've been zigzagging yo-yoing or eating a lot of processed foods they're not they don't have a lot of energy but as soon as we kind of switch to eating more whole foods and focusing on what they're eating their water intake their sleep and all that it's like energy is the first change they notice. And they're mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, I actually feel great for the first time in like two years, you know? Sure, when you're not burning fumes, right? Just to exactly. get through the day and your workout. Exactly. So how, I think that kind of switches things a little bit. Sure. How long are, are your programs? Are you going to run a, a 12 week, a 16 week, or is it going to be customized to each person? Yeah. Or? Um, so right now I'm starting off with 12 week transformations because that's, okay. you know, that's enough time to build a quality program and to see results with consistency. Um, and I always tell my clients too, it's like four weeks before your, you know, your body starts changing and you start noticing changes like eight weeks before your friends might start to notice, but then it's like 12 weeks is when everyone can see the changes. Um, and you know, we're going over, we're going for like a full transformation here too. Not just like we're getting your pant size down and we're, you know, getting your arms all buff, which those are great things and that will happen, but also just your overall feeling of confidence and feeling empowered and equipped that you can do this and, mm -hmm. you know, creating those sustainable lifestyle habits that you're going to be able to continue. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, what's nice, too, is that you're you're all 
online, you're all remote. I mean, yes, you, you will have some in person, but with you being so online, you can reach so many people as well. Oh, yeah. What would be the next step? Would you ever consider having like your own space to run personal training and things like that? Or would you like to remain in that remote setting and kind of that, that hybrid setting of, of, you know, part remote and part in person? I think I'm leaning towards staying like hybrid, um, seeing Mm -hmm. some clients in person, but keeping it mostly online. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, as the business grows, as far as my offerings go, eventually once they've gone through, you know, six months of coaching with me and they're ready to just kind of just need a little bit of accountability, a little bit of handholding and some direction, opening up into more of a group um, group coaching type thing. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you know, it would be not as much one-on-one time, but they would still have the direction from me and we'll still get on like group calls rather than the one-on-one calls like we would in the beginning because, you know, they've kind of reached that level where they're more independent and they can do things, you know, mm-hmm. on their own, but they do still need that direction and want that accountability. Well, so and what's those cool are my too plans. Is, yeah, well, sometimes too, when you hop on a group call with a coach, it's nice because sometimes people ask questions that you would have never even thought of. Or yes. maybe they're, and or maybe on the flip side, you see other people that are struggling with the same thing that you are and it's like oh thank god i'm not the only one exactly. and even though you may be sitting there being like listen it's it's totally common it's totally normal yep. don't worry about it it's still that coach client relationship when they see another peer client say the exact same thing it's got to make them feel right. better too. exactly too and I'm, I'm also hoping that that could like form some community too mm-hmm. as well in the future um yeah. you know clients seeing that they're not the only one with these you know things happening and they might have a lot more in common than that and they can kind of buddy up and be each other's accountability partners or something so 100 we'll percent. yeah so um that sounds really exciting that's that's really cool so we asked this of everybody on the podcast but what is your favorite place to eat around town Oh, well, I haven't really been to many places just yet. Um, How about favorite area? You know what I do actually really like, and it's not a restaurant? What's that? Have you, been to, have you had Jacked Panda down yes. the street? Yes. Oh, big shout out to Jeff. Oh, yeah. He's Jeff. awesome. Right in that <laughs> Chevron. And, oh, yep. he's the man. Do you get the uh, the custom meals from yep. him, or do you yep. get the, the grab-and-go? Nope, I get them delivered to my house. It's oh, awesome. Wow. So Were you I, one of his original clients? Or meal? Since I moved here, so I don't know how long he's been doing it. but Okay, because he was – was he in the Chevron by the time that you yep. met him? Okay. Yep. He, he had just started uh, working and cooking out of the Chevron, a f- yeah, a few months ago, and he's awesome. He is he's a great person to have in your community, and he's mm-hmm. the – He's just a really genuinely nice guy. And that's I think right. that we just need we need more people like him in our community. So that's sure. awesome. We'll yeah, give a big a, shout out to Jeff. He's a, he's a great business owner. And I, thanks to him, I'm not eating out very often. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, if I need a meal on the go, I just swing by the Chevron and grab one of his meals and he hooks me up. Oh, that's but that perfect. way I'm still keeping it healthy and I don't have to worry too much about like the macros and stuff. So. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, thank you, Jen. I really yes. appreciate you coming aboard the podcast and talking a little bit about your business and your background and everything. And, you know, we'll leave these in the show notes, but where can people find you on website, social media, things like that? Um, so my website is jenniferrudolph.com. Okay. Um, social media, my uh, Instagram is jenniferjoy underscore fitness. Okay. And I just started a Facebook group, so I'm starting to start a community there, too. It's called Building Confident Bodies. Ooh, I like that. Okay, we'll put all those in the show notes so everybody can click through those as well. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen, so much for your time, and it was great to hear your story. Yes, thanks for having me. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just want to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, Please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram 
and tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode.